listening to the iZombie Podcast with Robin and Steph, a fan podcast about the CW show iZombie. My name is Robin, and I'm here to deliver more information, less tears and snot. <laughs> I'm Stephanie, and I knew you'd be dropping by so I wore my less bloody lab coat. <laughs> <laughs> and did you do a little spin when you... <laughs> uh, do you wear a lab coat at work? Um, no. no, when I was in school, we had lab coats, yeah. but, um, and now I, I guess I do wear a lab coat, but it's not white. It's like the color of whatever I wear. Our listeners uh, should know that you're a, a respiratory therapist, right? Yeah. Not a nurse. Nailed it. Respiratory therapist. Yes. Who would call you a nurse? That's ridiculous. <laughs> Everybody. <laughs> Including me the other week. Uh, <laughs> but besides that, I, that, that's basically why I was asking. Um, but anyway, uh, another week of iZombie. Yay. Oh, this was so good. Right? I loved this. Uh, this episode was fantastic. Now, did you watch it live? You were in uh, Washington, D.C. Uh, last week, which is why we're recording a little late this, this, this week. No, I didn't watch it live. No. We were extremely busy. Mm-hmm. We were out and about the whole time. Any highlights? Did you see Hamilton? I mean, Alexander Hamilton? <laughs> I saw Alexander Hamilton's statue. I saw Alexander Hamilton play, uh, Place Avenue Street. Okay. We ate, we ate at the Hamilton restaurant, <laughs> which is a fantastic restaurant. Oh, it's so good. Any wrapping in that uh, restaurant? No wrapping. Um we went to Madame Trousseau's Wax Museum. Oh, no, no Hamilton. Oh, we had so much fun with that. Uh, but yeah, no, no Hamilton wax figure. Well, that's great about the the Trousseaus is that they let you touch the dummies. You can actually put yeah, your arm around them, take selfies. Yeah. You know, it's we just have a blast. Uh, I, I pretty much had to like stop myself from taking a selfie with like every every one of them actually the last time i went i don't think there were selfies so i pretty much had to refuse to make my wife photograph me with uh, all the different (laughs) but she instead spent the entire vacation being photographed with a dummy herself so (laughs) now where was that new york yeah we went to the new york one yeah okay which you'll have to check out sometime when you come up for uh comic-con yes (laughs) Yeah, the well, the plan is our next. Yeah, you know, I, I always want to uh, take Morgan to New York. Yeah. She never wants to go. I guess she's intimidated by how big it is. But after DC, and she she led us all around DC on the metro. I think she's like, okay, I can handle nice. New York. Nice. Yeah. All right, let's get into our news. Um, glad to have you back, though. Um, I didn't want to do this I'm episode. So glad to be you. back. <laughs> big stuff happened. Um, <clears throat> all right. So, uh, first our ratings, who cares? Uh, are, they're still, Oh yeah. Cause I listened to a Nerdist writers, uh, which it's not Nerdist anymore, but the writers panel yeah. podcast, Julie Pleck was talking about how the CW does not care about ratings. Okay. The CW, she talked to them. They said they love this show. They pay attention to what's going on in the zeitgeist. They pay attention to what people are coming to their website for. They love this show. That's awesome. And I'm sure it's because they love Rob Thomas and they know yeah. how uh, Veronica Mars, you know, just the lasting effects of it, how people <laughs> came to it later. So the CW loves this show. Yes. And 
Definitely. I mean, if people are not into, you know, you have friends or something that haven't seen the show and they're in it, we're getting into the off season. Um, you know, there is actually a, a trailer they released at WonderCon where uh, it recaps like the entire show, which, you know, some folks said this is a bit spoilery, but I, I, I kind of figure if you want to get somebody into the show, you show them that trailer, they'll be like, whoa, there's some major stuff that goes on on that, on that TV show. So I got to check it out. Um, yeah, sometimes spoilers are not that big of a deal. You can still enjoy seeing how they get to that point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, of course, it's on Netflix, you know, so hopefully people easily jump in if they hear good buzz about it. And then we'll have even bigger ratings next week. Maybe maybe we could uh, have, like, um, you know, uh, half of Flash's ratings instead of just kind of like a <laughs> third of it. Seeing uh, <laughs> there are lead-in. Anyway, uh, speaking of WonderCon, iZombie was at WonderCon, and uh, Collider actually released this great article. I'm going to include a link in our show notes uh, called The 17 Things to Know About the Crazy, Shocking End of Season 2. Um, th- so it's kind of like a compilation of stuff that people learned from the WonderCon interviews, and, uh, and it's actually not all about the end of Season 2. So I just wanted to talk, if you don't mind, stuff like uh, uh, about some of the non-spoilery stuff now, and then maybe the spoilery stuff we could talk to talk about at the end of the show. Okay. Yeah. Well, let me ask you first, sure. what I, who I was on the panel? Oh gosh, everybody! Uh, it, it's so awesome that they all show up for these things because it was you know Rob and Diane. It was just like last year, Rob and Diane, Rose, uh, David, Robert. I'm talking. <laughs> They're all friends of friends of the show at this point, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, at least some of them. Uh, Robert Buckley, uh, Raul Coley, David Anders, uh, and of course, uh, oh, don't worry, Frank, I haven't forgotten. Ali Machaco is there. <laughs> oh, that's good. And, you know, she's not a uh, she's not a regular. You right. wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't expect her Please to. But that's a that's a good sign. Make her a regular in, in season three, guys. Come on, we gotta we gotta lock the alley down, okay? Did I say Malcolm Goodwin? Everybody was there. <laughs> Everybody oh, was okay. there. Yeah, yeah. All right. So uh, here's a few facts uh, I learned in this Collider article. And uh, here here they are. Okay. This season, uh, Rose McIver said that the racist bigot brain was one of the ones that she really struggled with because he was so unlikable. <laughs> that was uh, from the season premiere, Grumpy Old Live. Uh, yeah. She said she really enjoyed the gambler brain. I'm going to remember this. Max, yeah, that's Max Wager, the magician uh-huh. brain, Abracadabra, uh-huh. and the librarian brain, uh, Fifty Shades of Brain. Of gray Matter. Gray matter. <laughs> Fifty Shades of Brain. <laughs> was it not Fifty Shades of Gray Matter? It was. It was. You had oh, it right. Okay. I had it wrong. Um, okay, so uh, going on, when they got the back. Hey, I remembered. I remembered Yay. words. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> Uh, you know, I'm trying to stay as organized as possible here. All right. So uh, when they, they got the order for the back six instead of the back nine, they crammed uh-huh. most of the back nine story into the back six. So that's probably why it seems like there's a hundred different things happening at once now. I still think that it's it's really uh, well done. You know, I, yeah. Yeah. Um, for Rose McIver, the script for the penultimate episode, which will be the first episode of our um, two-episode finale night, uh, Dead Beats, I believe it was called. Yes. Uh, it, it made her cry. Oh. And she says it's, it's a result of some of the revelations that happened. So. Yeah. Well, th- this episode here was mm-hmm. 
It was very sad. Yeah. Uh, Diana Jaria Wright uh, wants to do, uh, sorry, friend of the show, Diana Jaria Wright, wants to do a hockey enforcer or hockey goon brain, Ooh. but hasn't got the go ahead yet. It's going to be on the board of choices as a possibility at some point. Uh, and she wants to do it bef- at least before the end of the series. <laughs> Did you ever see the movie Goon? No, I keep hearing good things about it. I loved that movie. Yeah. It's Jay Baruchel and uh, Scott... Stifler. Stifler, yeah, him. <laughs> Sean William Scott. <laughs> Sean William Scott. He's got three Scott. first names, so it's hard. Okay, that's why it's hard for me to remember yeah. those words. <laughs> but yeah, it's a cute movie. Also, uh, Rose McIver wants to is rooting for a full musical episode where the entire episode is done in song. <laughs> so that's still being talked about. Yes, uh, that's all we hear. That's just being talked about. <laughs> um, and also, the final uh, little fact I can tell you—not spoilery fact—there have been some crazy mishaps with actors playing bodies in the morgue, according to Raul Coley. They had one fall asleep and start snoring. They also had another guy who every time they pulled him out of the drawer <laughs> would smile and laugh. So they called him. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> so uh, again, I want to say that's, that's, that's the Collider article. Um, 17 things to know about the crazy, shocking end of season two. Christina Radish uh, wrote that. I wanted to basically make sure you all knew that because some of that stuff I was reading directly from the article. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I'll post that in the Facebook group, though, but the, note, the the link will be in the notes, and we'll get into the spoilery stuff after the episode. Okay, so uh, also one more thing. In our Facebook group, uh, we were talking about WonderCon, and uh, um, listener Michael tells us that Rose McIver and David Anders will be at the Emerald City Comic Con in Seattle, April 7th till 10th. And um, I just wanted to give you guys the details that if you're in the Seattle area... Uh, they're going to be there signing autographs, but they're also doing a panel together. And this is cool. I'm so jealous. It's going to be moderated by the guy who wrote the iZombie comic, Chris Robertson. Oh, wow. So uh, please, if you go to this, it's going to be April 9th, 4.30 to 5.30. If you get any photos, if you have any sort of report from there, because it's not like a big uh, thing. Like People like seem to cover everything from San Diego and WonderCon and New York Comic Con, but they don't really talk about these smaller Comic Cons and what happens. So, you know, if you if you uh, have anything interesting that they said that you heard, um, please let us know, iZombiePodcast at gmail.com. So, uh, yeah, uh, another reason to move to Seattle, right? I would love to. Oh, yes. <laughs> we can we could, uh, go to the police department uh, on Zombie Street. <laughs> <laughs> I know they keep showing that same I love it. exterior it's, shot. It's so much more apparent now since Dan Etheridge told me about it. It's like, yep, there it is. <laughs> uh, uh, so yeah, let's get into the episode. Um, the episode title is. Did I, why didn't I write it down? Why don't I know this? Pour some sugar zombie. Thank you. Pour some sugar zombie. We need some brains. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> anyway, let's let's first talk about Blaine. Um, Blaine. Blaine. What do you have to say about Blaine? Oh, this was so great because the last brain he ate was the nice guy, the guy who was donating to charity. Yes. Yeah, so that- he donated to charity. Yeah. So we thought he was just being nice. Right. But he wasn't. He has no memory. <laughs> like he keeps forgetting. He thought 
Don E with Scott E. Which was really funny. Yes. Yeah. Well, in my defense, you look exactly alike or whatever. <laughs> well, I think the brain was what led him to, uh, yes, hand out the lists um, and make that donation. But then he takes the cure and now he's lost his memory, you know? So I just wonder if he died when Don E came and shook him. He died, or, or he came back to life. Came back to, yeah, or whatever. Like, that's when he went from zombie to human. I don't know. Yeah, it's so weird. And and the funny thing is, is, like, rewatching it, I could tell more that this was, like, Blaine not just trying to be, like, you know, a normal person and chatting with people and not really knowing what they're talking about. And then by the end, yeah. you find out it's not the brain. It's, it's, it's the, the, the cure did this to him. But And he was really trying to get in touch with Peyton because she was on his calendar. Yeah. And like he, tr- you could tell he truly wanted to find out. Uh, he didn't want to keep her waiting. He wanted to talk to her yeah. because he knew that she, they had an appointment. Yeah. And I thought it was so funny because I thought it was um, I thought it was sarcasm when we heard the voicemail first. He's like, "This is Blaine, Blaine De Beers. You're on my calendar today. Not sure what it's about. Okay, bye." You know, because I thought I thought it was like him being sarcastic, but it was actually uh-huh. genuinely. He had, he's just being polite on the phone. Yeah. So, um, because of uh, the fact that uh, we have now Blaine losing his mind and perhaps uh, not being as Perhaps not being as uh, super evil as uh, he was before. Um, do you think that Robbie has more to worry about <laughs> with uh, Peyton? Oh, I see what you're saying. No, I didn't think about that. But he's now a nice like... guy. He's gotten he's gotten his soul back, right? <laughs> yeah, maybe he'll be more of Peyton's type. Maybe she'll want him more. Yeah, now that he's a. Super nice guy, and, he's like, and not a e. He's an innocent. He's doesn't, you know. Yeah, yeah. Because we still have that undercurrent of uh, Ravi still wants Peyton because Ravi knew exactly the date that Peyton came home, mm-hmm. and which she was when she got a f- which she was wrong about. Well, we'll get into that. Oh, okay. She got a phone call late at night, and yeah. he's you know they're uh, Ravi and uh, Major are making. They're like making eye contact about that, and yeah. and and we'll get to that later. But yeah, yeah, Ravi is still pining for for Peyton, mm-hmm. and uh, Blaine may. I, I can see Blaine interfering with that. I, I, I I'm going to call it. He's going to totally interfere with that. Peyton's going to uh, be like, "What? He's a nice guy now." <laughs> yeah, because he when Blaine walked murdering in- all these people. <laughs> Yeah, because when Blaine walked in, when uh, when Liv and uh, Peyton were standing there, he was like, "Oh!" It was like he saw Peyton for the first time, and he and he was struck by how attractive she was. Yeah, so yeah, he's he's into her still. So even though he doesn't remember. <laughs> so the line that Rob Thomas gifted us with during his interview uh, popped up in this this episode and i was so freaking happy do you remember i know okay yeah when he said uh when rob uh when don e said oh uh just those those bitches try to kill me now bitches try and kill me now which (laughs) it's so funny because when he said that i was like okay this is like a weird meta thing because he looks just like Scott E and Scott E was killed. So yeah. I'm saying this because like they're making it seem like 
Donnie uh, was killed. So I took it like the meta way, but really it's just, the, I, I was so dumb. It was the literal zombie way. Like, of course, he's turned into a zombie. So that's why he would say, let those bitches try and kill me now. Because I'm already dead. I'm already dead. Uh, I'm already oh. dead. <laughs> <laughs> but what's so great is now Chief and Don E are the the new players. Mm. With Blaine being the, a good guy again. Yeah. Uh, uh, with Blaine being a good guy, Don E is it's now the... completely unaware guy. Yeah. It's so, I'd love to get... I, I, I'm, I'm sure we will. I'd love to get more clarification on how much Blaine... Like, does Blaine... Has Blaine forgotten everything before he was a zombie? So he knows everything to up when he be, first became a zombie? Or is he just a complete blank? <laughs> well, I think he's a complete blank because even before he was zombie, before he was a zombie, he was a drug dealer. Right. And he seems just unaware of any well, of that's that. The thing. That's why I was like, is that why he thinks Donnie is Scott E? Because Scott E is a part of his life before mm-hmm. he became a zombie when he was in a, yeah. So I guess we'll. Yeah, he did know that. Scott E. So yeah. what does he know? What doesn't he know? Yeah. But I just, yeah, I loved this new thing that David Andrews is now, you know, he's doing this different version of Blaine's character where he's just like the, the whole, like, how was I not human? I, I told you to bring me to a doctor. This, this is a morgue. (laughs) (laughs) So interesting. We'll, we'll see what else. Um, I had some kind of, uh, notes to talk about live outside of the case here. Um, but we have to really first talk about the very first scene, um, when Gilda pays a visit, Rita Gilda. Oh, that was such a great scene. Uh, cause Liv just goes into the bathroom to take a shower and is totally unaware of what went on. Right. Outside. And there's just like a scarf left behind. It's like, she has, picks it up. Yeah. She's like, huh? <laughs> and then is distracted by everybody moving in. But So Janko took Rita. What will Vaughn do to Rita? Cause <sighs> I mean, I can see him being pretty cruel. Yeah, yeah, especially after essentially feeding his daughter to a zombie. Um, I don't know. I did tweet Leanne Lapp, friend of the show Leanne Lapp, <laughs> uh, on the old Twitter and said, uh, is uh, Gilda going to be doing some running on a tra- treadmill next week? <laughs> and she just tweeted back, over my undead body. <laughs> great. Uh, so, yeah. Um so we'll see what happens. I don't know. But uh yeah, we got our we our our friends are back together for one brief happy moment before they're all uh ripped apart for the rest of the season. Uh Peyton's moving back in. Yes. And they make it they oh, Yeah, they talk about getting the apartment across the hall and being like the friends from friends. <laughs> That's so cute. <laughs> yeah, my wife is a huge friends fan, so uh that that made her very happy. And also uh I was happy for the folks on iZombie, You Zombie, the other, our, our sister show, uh, which, who also, uh, cover iZombie, but they also have a friends podcast called The One With Podcast. So if you're a friends fan, you probably should check that out. I just never watch friends. Have you ever watched friends? I mean, I've seen an episode or two and I was like, yeah, this is a 90s sitcom. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, but Friends, just like the podcast that I was listening to, the writer's podcast, they talked about Friends, about how television tried to recreate that so many times after that because, oh, you yeah. know, net, when networks think, well, oh, the, well, that's obviously what people want to see. And then they just could not 
recapture the magic uh, after that. And there was, and it's just what it, what was so good about that? It was just, um, I think that the cast was great and it was funny and, yeah. but yeah, but just putting, trying to photocopy something doesn't make it good. Well, I will tell you, um, that's actually how uh, my wife and I got into how I how I met your mother because yeah, because we started uh, watching it, that and we're like, oh, this yeah, is but it was like a, it was like yeah, it was like an updated version. Yeah. It wasn't the same thing. It was a it was like it that, but it was uh, just for a new generation. Mm-hmm. I even saw one article uh, out there on the interwebs that was like, "Is I Zombie the new Friends?" <laughs> Really? It's just because of the, you know, the great characters and they're all, you know, buds. Yeah, but the they, good cast. They also have their conflicts. I don't think uh, uh, Monica and Chandler have had as many conflicts as uh, Liv and Major have or are probably going to have. No. <laughs> Chandler wasn't uh, uh, suspected of murdering people. <laughs> uh, anyway, so I, I love I love this whole scene. This whole scene, I just want to... I just want to put it in a frame and hang it up on the wall. It's so it's such like a perfect, perfect moment between yeah. all four of them. Um, uh, you know, it's not just the friends reference, but the the point when Peyton's phone rings. Yes, she's like, "Who's calling me so late?" And Major first he's like, "Booty call, booty call," and then he sees Robbie's face and he's like, "Or family emergency," and then he sees and then he sees Liv's face. <laughs> And a uh, butt dial. Butt dial. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was cracking up so hard. Uh, that was a great moment. Um, and Robert Buckley, just awesome. This is actually a really good episode it, for him. So. Yeah, he does need a sitcom. He is so funny. <laughs> no, no, we can't leave it. He, he Wait, leave no, I mean after this show, after this show, after many, many, many seasons. Yes. And they're and it's in uh, syndication, and he's ready to move on to his next thing. He should have a sitcom. <laughs> <laughs> Let's have some more, uh, you know, like uh, stuff like Play It Again Dick or like shorts or something we can star in during the summer. So. Oh, yeah, that would be great. Um, some other things that happened are with Liv outside the case are what, what happens uh, around uh, her looking for Drake. Um, I mean, she's talking to Robbie about she was upset that she was dating a criminal, which is funny because... Starting to know this is more and more, and I probably should have maybe noted this before now, but Ravi seems to be like he's like uh, initially every time that um, she's trying to confide some sort of problem to him, he seems to be a little resistant to that. Like, oh boy, here we go. But then he's like, all right, here we go. I'm invested now because <laughs> because uh, you know she's talking about how like the stripper was dating a criminal and how, you know, she's upset that she was a dating a criminal. And he's like, was this really going to be about you too? Oh yeah. <laughs> and then he's, then he has like a, you know, he sympathizes or whatever. Uh, but it's just funny that Robbie is like that. Yeah. And Leo, she's like, I can't find him to either, you know, I can't find him to be mad at him or to find out what's going on. I can't break up with him. I can't do it. You know, she just wants to find him. Yeah. Um, and then, did, do we want to talk about where she goes to his mom's? Well, uh, we did. I just wanted to say we saw Detective Vega again. Stops by. He stops by the morgue while Liv is getting into some stripper cleaning. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, so we saw him again. But yeah, go ahead, mom's mom's house. Oh, okay. Do you talk to your mother every day? No, no. But Drake, <laughs> I, I believe Drake does. I believe Drake's yeah. mom makes sure he does. Yeah, because she's a little needy. Yeah. She's a little, 
Okay, my husband talks to his mother like at least once a day and then cannot understand why I only talk to my mother. Like I may text my mother about every third day or fourth day. And it, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm like that too. Maybe, maybe like once, once a week, once or maybe sometimes mm-hmm. twice a week. Um, and it's not just me. Like my mother is happy to be retired and doing her own thing. She doesn't, she knows that I'm doing good and has, and have my own family. She doesn't need to, uh, check in every other minute. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's just kind of like normal human relations. It's not like, yeah, I think, I think Drake, um, talk, no, realizes that his mother needs him. Yeah. And that's why he talks to her several times a day. And he's just a good, he's just a good son. Yeah, just true. a good guy. Yeah. Well, that's what she needs, you know, and some parents don't, don't really need that. So, right. Yeah. So like your mom and my mom, they're like, all right, check it out again soon. <laughs> Your your husband's mom maybe not. <laughs> My husband's mom does not work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know she's she was a mom mm-hmm. and a wife, and now she's not that. You know. Does she go out and do volunteer stuff? That's what my mother does. No. She's like my mom's like seventy and she just that's like, what that's what she needs. She needs something like that. But let's get your no. let, let's get your mother in law on the podcast sometime. <laughs> She her number one hobby is talking on the phone. <laughs> so she would love to podcast. <laughs> Skype, sure. Anyway, uh, back to that zombie. <laughs> I totally called this as it was happening. As soon as I saw that photo album, I was like, she is going to flip the page and there's going to be Drake's grad- police graduation, uh, police academy graduation picture. And it totally happened. <laughs> I didn't. I was like, where is this going? And then she says something about, like, I told him to stop working undercover. So she thinks. <laughs> and then Liv. Yeah, Liv, like a light bulb went on. Yeah. Light, a light bulb went off in Liv's head. She was like, oh, of course that's what's going on. He's undercover cop. <laughs> but just she walks in and mom's like, he's dead. I know. I love. Stacy Boss killed him. I love Rose's. Rose's face, like, just totally, like, what? Like, that what? was not what she was expecting. Yeah, what did I miss? <laughs> but fills in the blanks immediately, probably, in her brain, because she, you know, she does know that he's affiliated with Mr. Boss, and Mr. Boss's people do get killed. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so let's get into the main attraction before we get into the nice little uh, uh, bit at the end. The main attraction, of course, is the case of Cassidy Kozlowski. The stripper who gets uh, beamed on the head by a, by a, a crowbar, not a crowbar, a tire iron. Uh, she's walking about on the street. Go shit on a stick. Go shit on a screw. Shit on a screw. Yeah, what does that mean? <laughs> I don't know. It's like, does it? Does this mean like sit right down on the screw and then defecate? Is that so? So she's like, do something painful to yourself. It seems so or. Hard. Or is she uh, combining two phrases? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. She could be getting her words mixed up. That happens. <laughs> but, you know, what is the funniest thing? What is, I'm sure, what they had the most fun with? The stripper shoes. <laughs> you know, women love shoes. Yeah, Did you yeah. know that? <laughs> and, yeah. And, you know, women love there's a part of women. There's a little part, just like women who go take pole. Tell me about these women you're, you talk of. <laughs> I, I just feel like there's a part in every woman who would want to dance on a pole and wear these awesomely trashy 
<laughs> stripper shoes. <laughs> there's a part in each of us that is like, you know, we have a, there's an inner stripper in all of us. So I think this was fun. All right. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know. Um, even, even me, like I would, is there an inner stripper in no, me as well? No, cause you know, like how at Halloween there's like the slutty version of every costume. <laughs> you're right. You're right. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's just part, there's, it's in, it's in all of us. <laughs> uh, some act on it, some don't, uh-huh. some wish they could, some, you know. Well, once Liv gets these brains, she really uh, digs into that that side of herself, which is apparently uh, inherent um, in everyone. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I love the goldfish heels. Um, I guess this is a uh, reference to the movie "I'm Gonna Get You, Sucker," um, which is uh, something I heard on iZombie U Zombie, but also um, um, I think Diane tweeted it out, or somebody tweeted it out from the, from the show. So huh. that's cool. I haven't seen that movie, but I hear it's hilarious. Um, what else? So, Cassidy. Uh, Cassidy, Cassidy is actually uh, is actually a reference. Not, maybe not a reference, but just a reused name from Veronica Mars. He was uh. he was he was Dick's younger brother, <laughs> so they might like the name Cassidy. I don't know. Well, Cassidy had like an abrasive personality. Yeah, she did. <laughs> she was uh, yeah. So we have the uh, the stripper. That, uh, you know, knows her job, she's good at her job, and she's also doesn't take crap from anybody. Yeah. And, you know, all of these strippers seem to be like that way. They seem to be just ready to, oh, when Liv snatches her earrings off because she's going to fight the girl with the ponytail. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Hilarious. That was so funny. Uh, um... What does she say? I will kick you right back to the trailer park where they made, where you made out with your. Where uncle. you made out with your uncle, <laughs> or she says, "I'm gonna knock the wet and wild right off your face." <laughs> so many great lines during that strip club scene, but uh, uh, that reminds me actually, um, just really back to uh, the morgue where uh, you know Peyton wants her to eat that brain. Um, we get some great stuff from that, which is, uh, you know, cause she wants that, wants to know the, the location of the stash house. Yeah. Cause it's all connected to Stacy boss, right. to his, to his drugs. So, um, yeah. Cause Cassidy is mad at her boyfriend, mm-hmm. Nick, the stick, Nick the stick. <laughs> we won't ask where he gets that name from. No. And so, so Cassidy is going to call the district attorney, assistant district attorney. Yes. Peyton is wait. Did she be promoted since uh, the, the real maybe she did, Mister Mister uh, Baracus, D. A. Baracus? Okay, so Cassidy calls Peyton to because t- to, she's mad at Nick the Stick, right? And she's going to tell on him. She's going to she's going to bring everybody down, mm-hmm. and especially uh, uh, Mister Boss and all his uh, assorted stash houses. Okay, so she knows where the stash house is, yeah. and then she's killed, and it's and Peyton is just left hanging. Right. Peyton's like, I gotta know where the stash house is, uh-huh. and so she wants Liv to eat the brain, but Liv is she has her eye on another brain. Yes. A terminally Ill, terminally ill hiking enthusiast who committed suicide, so he like he basically went out by his own on his own terms, you know. So he was very happy with dying, and there was no like huge drama besides the fact that he was. Terminally ill, um, and also, you know, she's hoping she can get, you know, start doing some exercises. She loves to get out into the great outdoors, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's like a drama-free brain. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
and Ravi, I love Ravi's having some fun at Liv's expense because she's saying that she doesn't want to do this stripper brain. And then as soon as, like, it's realized that she's going to have to eat it, like, he starts, like, you know, did, what was that, twerking or something? <laughs> um, I do love what the iZombie writers room uh, tweeted out. They said that was more magic, more tragic Mike than magic Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I was going to say uh, BLT that she eats and uh, it's funny because so many uh, reviews that I've read uh, said BLT as well like brain lettuce uh-huh. tomato but holy cow Rachel in our Facebook group uh, tweeted out that this is essentially a club sandwich because it's you know multi-layered seven, several pieces of bread with bacon strips so she ate a strip club <laughs> which i wasn't even thinking of but uh kudos to you rachel for pointing that out um so they go to uh voulez-vous strip club this is we're not to actually go through this entire thing but uh there's definitely some things i wanted to point out about it voulez-vous of course uh uh yeah uh it's uh it's from uh lady marmalade and voulez-vous is actually french for do you want to? Oh. Do you want to? Um, and uh, uh, there's some great elements. We already talked about uh, Liv, Liv's temper comes out. We see Peyton noticing some stripper accepting a tip with her butt cheeks. <laughs> how does she even know how much he gave her? Oh, she knows. She knows. <laughs> uh, this, and then- this other guy was like, asking Peyton for a lap dance and she's like, I'm a lawyer. And he's he like doubles what he's going to give her. <laughs> like, okay, 40 then. <laughs> yeah. And then another stripper. What was, uh, yeah, I don't Trinity, 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 Trinity maybe. Trinity? Okay. Yeah. She said, uh, yeah, I'm a lawyer too. I'm not, I have no debt. <laughs> <laughs> I also love the, uh, she, then we turned it, we pan to live and she's sitting on this bald jerks lap and she's he's making her say her name over and over again he's she's like olivia he's like i love the way your mouth <laughs> looks when she, you say her name and then we go to the vip room steph uh where uh liv gives uh, peyton a lap dance mm. that was very uncomfortable uh, awkward <laughs> uh yeah hats off to diana Rogero, right because not only that was that super sexy but that was also super awkward <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. It, uh, yeah, that is exactly it. <laughs> On one hand, you're like, I really want to see this, <laughs> but I really don't. <laughs> yeah, just the reactions to Ellie, you know, Ellie was having on her face. And I just love that, you know, the, the friendship is there. You can tell. And it's great that Ellie, or excuse me, I keep calling her Ellie. Uh, it's great that Peyton knows that um, lives a zombie because... This is like, I love, I love that this is like a new version of their relationship. Like they were close friends, they were college roommates or whatever. Um, but like now that she knows that she's a zombie, she's knows the reason why she's behaving that certain way. And she's kind of just trying to roll with it so she can get the location of that stash house. So she's like, all right, all right, let's do this. <laughs> yeah. I guess this is something we have to do because she kept saying, you know, I, let me give you a trigger word. Just keep saying stash house over and yeah. over. And she was like, no, I have no. to see, see things to get a vision. I can't mm-hmm. control it. It just happens. And, um, yeah. So Peyton's like, oh, I guess I'm along for the ride. Yeah. And, and, you know, so Liv is 
getting all like, she's like, you don't think I'm sexy at all? <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, that <clears throat> finally Peyton's like, all right, keep going. Fine. Just keep going. And, uh, and then lives just like out of the corner of her mouth. He's like, of course, this is going to still be $20. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we did, there's this great scene that starts like they cut away to something and then they cut back and there's, you see Peyton and then Liv's butt like comes up into the frame and then it's then it's Liv's face. And Rose actually tweeted out, she says, Shoulda shoulda hired a stunt ass. <laughs> um so yeah, that by the way, that um that girl that flicks her hair in um Liv's face, that stripper's name is Helvetica, which is an amazing it, name for a stripper. Isn't that like a uh It's a font. A font. Yeah. Okay. Oh, all right. Izabi, Uzabi, you're getting one more call out for this episode because you said something genius. I don't usually listen to their podcast before we record ours because we usually record ours um, earlier in the week. But um, they said something hilarious. They noticed there. You know, there's a, actually a documentary out there called Helvetica, and it's all about the font and you know how prevalent it is. And they said that um, um, uh, Helvetica is actually very common in street signs, the font. And so many street signs are, uh, you know, it's, so, so it's very, it's, it's really interesting that, you know, we have a stripper named Helvetica who's also on a pole, just like a street sign. <laughs> <laughs> so that was genius. They put it better than I did. But, uh, um, yeah, the, I love the, uh, Liv calls uh, Helvetica out with her cheap ass windy uh, uh, Ariana Grande clip on. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, we also get to see Johnny Frost again. Johnny Frost and his amazing capped teeth <laughs> <laughs> and fake tan. <laughs> yeah, uh, you could honestly, you could honestly uh, convince me that Johnny Frost is as, as secretly a zombie because that's exactly what like a zombie would look trying to look human. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and it's just a great scene where, you know, because we find out that Johnny Frost had some sort of relationship with uh, Cassidy. Uh, she was his ATF, his all-time favorite. All-time favorite. <laughs> but uh, she, he's blaming her for uh, stealing his identity and his secret credit card. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, he, I love the, love the first scene he gets introduced and he's like, turns to leave cause oh, here comes Liv again. And he immediately runs into some stripper's leg coming out at the wrong time. <laughs> Classic. Uh, and you know, he's like, oh, I'll, I'll, I will, I will totally miss Cassidy. She was my ATF. I'll never get over it. And then Destiny's like, champagne room is ready. And oh, Destiny's calling, coming Destiny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like he was so brokenhearted that. Cassidy was gone because she was his favorite, but his favorite is just whoever is around, I guess. Mm -hmm. And that point, it was Destiny. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we also see the shoe shine guy. Shoe shine guy. They have a shoe shine. Shoe shine guy at a, at a gentleman's club. I guess this is like a really upscale place, huh? I don't know. If, I have no idea. <laughs> I've been to a couple strip clubs when I was like immediately turned eighteen. I had to do all the things that you do when you're eighteen. Uh, uh -huh. the, I now have a right to go to a strip club. So, um, but I didn't see a shoe shine guy there. <laughs> yeah. Well, every time, like I would be, you know, in my younger days when we would be at a party, and then I would get to that point where I was so drunk, you know, that that drunk, that where you're like, woohoo party you know have fun uh -huh. i'm like yeah let's go to a strip club but like nobody ever took me 
and I never went. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to be doing a special episode this summer, uh, <laughs> straight from an Alabama strip club. Uh, oh, there's the, a good one right down the street. Oh, there is. It's really good. <laughs> is there a shoe shine yeah. guy? <laughs> I'm sure there's not. I mean, there's probably not shoes. <laughs> there's no shoes there. <laughs> I'd wear shoes at a strip club. <laughs> Um, all right, so this uh, this this Shushan guy is a uh, legal immigrant. He identifies the hatchback. The hatchback uh, is uh, uh, belongs to Johnny Frost, but the Johnny has been ripped off by not only Cassidy but Destiny um, for her boyfriend Pablo, who likes to you know get patrons uh, credit cards, buy a whole bunch of stuff, and basically fill his garage up with things and probably sells them. So they've got a whole little racket there. But uh, it was uh, it's Cassidy's running at the mouth that uh, worried Destiny, I think. And, you know, she thought, well, Nick's going to get arrested and Pablo's going to get arrested too. But I think one of the most entertaining parts of uh, this last part of the case is uh, Lorelai, who, uh, who was played by Jessica Liu. Um, and uh, she, she was adorable. She was adorable. <laughs> First, we see her like on a Vespa, and uh, she said that she uh, she tweeted out that she took Vespa lessons in heels in the rain, but they ended up using a stunt double <laughs> anyway. Uh-huh. Um, but when they interrogate her, <laughs> she worries that her grandma is going to find out that she strips. She was very, very, very emotional, and this really like. Uh, Diane Rogeria writes, bringing on the awkward yet again in this episode, because she just cries and cries and cries and cries. And, you know, Liv is getting more and more annoyed. She says, like, it's it's like a freaking Adele concert in here. <laughs> and Clive is just like, what? This is, what is, this is my job. Like, what, <laughs> what's going on? Like, this is ridiculous. And, um, yeah, so that was, that was super cute. Um, but uh, she ends up telling them what happened. And we get this different thing here. We don't usually see, like, a flashback in on iZombie. We only see it, like, through visions. But I guess there was no way to really pay off the case without, um, you know, telling all about it, you know. Yeah, I, I think it worked really that. well because because it was like we saw the same scene from a different perspective. Yeah, yeah. You know, because in the beginning we saw um, Cassidy be hit you know, from her perspective, right. when she said, go, sh- go shit on a screw, which maybe that had something to do with the, his, uh, the language he was using. I don't know. But anyway, and then we see the perspective from Destiny and Lorelai yeah. mm-hmm. inside the car. Yeah. So I, I thought it was great. Yeah. It's just, it, they never do it before. So I think, I think I, I, I have a feeling it, I don't know. Maybe they got into a corner and were like, "All right, well, let's let's work it out a different way. Like, let's not just explain everything through the interrogation witness. Let's just see it for once." And then, you know, Lorelai's like, "Oh, I remember the mile marker where she threw the crowbar through the tire iron." <laughs> and I'm like, "All right." <laughs> so those little things, I was like, a little bit nitpicky about, but the rest of it was great. It was worth it to bring a stripper live. That's for sure. <laughs> it's really hilarious. <laughs> I think the only other thing I wanted to talk about uh, in the case was the stakeout and how hilarious that was. <laughs> it's not delivery. It's Papineau. <laughs> yeah. Liv said, do you not have any food? 
He said, yeah, you ate the two granola bars in my emergency almonds. Emergency <laughs> almonds. I know exactly. What are emergency <laughs> almonds like? I, to to actually have a name for it is the funniest thing. I mean, I understand, like, <laughs> keeping a certain stash of food just for emergencies. But, like, she's he's got he's he calls them his emergency almonds. <laughs> like, I wonder, is he is that a diabetic thing? Or, <laughs> like, I don't know. Um, and then when the pizza delivery guys, I'm just like, holy crap, did I just will myself a pizza? <laughs> Amazing. Uh, so yeah, that's about it. Oh, there was a nice little scene. We, we do see that Clive is still irritated with Peyton. Um, you know, so that's, uh, that's a problem, but they did end up bringing down a, a stash house, which is great. Clive got to have the bust and, um, cause I guess Peyton, Peyton couldn't, could have handed that off to a different cop, you know. Um, it is uh, kind of funny because uh, uh, Clive does work in homicide. This is something you'd probably hand off to Vice, right? <laughs> so it's kind of weird that Clive was um, doing that bust, but whatever. We wanted. Yeah, and then the when when Clive walked into the morgue and uh, Vega, uh, uh, Detective Vega, the hot Detective Vega was oh, leaving. He gave you like a dirty. Oh yeah. I really like Detective Vega. Right. I want to see more Do- Detective Vega. But he, uh, yeah, Clive gave him such a dirty look. Yeah, he, I think it was more of like a inquisitive look. But then again, Clive like, did work in Vice before, so maybe they knew each other. Yeah, but why didn't they speak? I don't know. Maybe Clive was, doesn't stop everybody that walks by him. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that was odd to me. But I did like that Peyton was like... Listen, you know, we're all on the same team. Make the Chaos Killer case. Make the Meat Coot case. And let's, you know, let's put John Doe behind bars. Which is funny that they're still calling him John Doe, but whatever. Yeah, yeah, when... (laughs) Y'all know uh, his name is Blaine. (laughs) Yeah, and Blaine is, like, doesn't know that he should be going by an alias. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so that's it for the case. I mean, was there anything else in the case that you wanted to mention? No, I just feel like it, it. This all went very smoothly. Like mm-hmm. even the nitpicky things that you, I don't, I didn't have a problem with any of that. I didn't have a problem. Uh, I didn't have a problem with Lorelai. Uh, like all, suddenly, oh, I know where the tire iron is. It's at mile marker. Blah blah blah. Yeah. I, mean, I just. It's usually they have a lot of uh, <clears throat> uh, shortcuts that they have to use to get from from you know part of a plot to another and uh usually it bothers me a lot more than this this was pretty smooth to me and i, I didn't mind the flashback i like the looking at the scene from two different points of view i think i just think this was a great episode mm-hmm. it's one of my favorites awesome awesome yeah yeah i love it too i love it too um now let's talk about the sad part oh boy okay that we we also get we 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 start off this episode with a great we have awesome an awesome friend scene with them right with Ravi and Major involved and we also get uh, Ravi coming into Major's room looking for nail clippers and the and and I love the the lie Major's like admit it you'd like to try on my clothes just to feel close to me <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he catches a look at that safe and Major's acting super fishy. Yeah, and then when we Robbie, Robbie was like, Robbie was like, let me maybe I need to get a safe, and I would be an adult. That's an adult and, thing. Uh, yeah. Do you have room? Do you do you have room in there for my green card? It's like, oh no, I have lots of stuff in there, so no. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the next scene, I don't know. Did you catch it right away? Major said, oh, "This is milk gone bad." Robbie's like, "I just bought it." Did you I, uh, did you catch on to that, or were you like, oh, no, you didn't. 
See, no, they, I didn't. They got me with the wine thing with Blaine, but when Major said the milk's gone bad, I was like keyed right in on it. I was like, oh, he's turning into a zombie. So, uh, oh. yeah, Robbie spots uh, Minor in the paper, and the date that Kali Andrews went missing was when Major brought Minor home. Um, and yeah, like we said before, that's the same day that Peyton returned. Um, sniff. Um, so he says. November 13th. Now, of course, we could um, blame this on bad reporting. <laughs> but then again, Ravi also notes that that's the same date. So we get the date, November 13th, which uh, I just wanted to uh, call call them out on. That's That date is incorrect. I mean, all right, listen. You could say, Robin, you're being super nitpicky because you're into the show and you must think that the episodes take place on the day that they air. Because... <laughs> And I guess, uh-huh. but you know, this is actually iZombie time. So I just wanted to say, uh, he said November 13th. Actually, that happened in the episode, uh, episode three, Real Dead Housewives of Seattle, which aired October 20th. Um, oh. and they found, they found Minor on a bus on January 14th. Actually, that was February 2nd, which was when the episode 11 aired 50 Shades of Grey Matters. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that, Come on, that's not nitpicky. That's just being a, a super nerd. <laughs> so I yeah. apologize for that. But um, we 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 do find out that Miner's name is Penny. Oh, oh, Penny, because of the color, because of the coloring. <laughs> yeah, she, she's he's he he's the color of a penny. Oh. Anyway, <laughs> and that Miner is safe. He's living with Colin Andrews' brother. So okay, people. The dog is down. safe. Now we know safe. the dog is safe. It has a happy life. Stop tweeting Rob Thomas about it. <laughs> okay. Uh, I mean, it could be a lot worse, people. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So then we get a scene where Robbie's talking to Basio, which could probably be a dumb thing to do, Robbie, because uh, well. He probably doesn't realize how dumb it is because Basio seems to be really on to major. It's a major at this point um, because he. Yeah, I got the I got the idea that Ravi. This is just what uh, this is Rob, what Ravi does. He comes out of the morgue and he puts reports yep. on people's desks. Yep. Yeah, and he seemed to do like a quick like and just he's about to walk away and he's like, oh, I had something I was going to ask you about that dog in the case that's unrelated to anything. Is that dog okay? <laughs> Because mm-hmm. I'm just a real dog person. Yeah, I'm a dog person. Sure, sure, sure. I love the introduction of that scene, though, because Spazio was like, How's it hanging? He's like, Oh, it's hanging fine. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, I think that's kind of inappropriate to say <laughs> yeah, yeah. to. <laughs> uh, I don't know, to a lady, to a. A fellow a person you're working with? Superior? <laughs> uh, yeah, a co worker. Kind of. Yeah. Um, Anyway, uh, Basio... Somebody I don't know very well. <laughs> yes. Basio shows uh, him the picture of Blaine and the partially obscured Major. And it's like, it looks just like Major. And Robbie's like, I have no idea who that is. Um, so, uh, I... But it just... But over the over the period of the... Over the time... Over time. Over the episode. Throughout the episode. Over the course of the episode is what I'm trying to say. Yes. Over the course of the episode. That was, well, that was five just, times. It's more evidence. <laughs> Sorry. But you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, Robert, it's just evidence is piling up against mm. Major. 
you know, for Ravi, and it's just so sad. I love how they this... were so close, such good friends. <laughs> don't, don't don't do it yet. Don't pull the trigger on it yet. The, I I just wanted to note on this scene, okay. like um, it it. I love how this scene works both ways because not only is it Ravi learning more about Major and how fishy this is, but he's also you know he also discovers this picture, sees this picture. And he covers up for Major, but he's also now he's like, wait a second, Blaine is involved in this as well. You know, this is weird. And Basio obviously knows what's going, like knows that that's Major, and now she knows that Ravi was is going to cover up for Major too. So mm. I have a feeling that Ravi is going to uh, possibly be implicated in this stuff as well. That's my theory. Yeah. I don't know anything else about yeah. the future, but, you know. Yeah, like, we were. He knows about, like. We were expecting. Go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say, we were expecting Clive to learn more about what's going on and be more in the know. Right. I was not expecting Robbie to get pulled into this different side of the story. Right. Oh, it's such a great thing for Robbie, too, because, like, you know. He really does need to be more in on some of this outside. So he needs to be out of the work more often, <laughs> not just at a crime scene. Yeah, instead of yeah, instead of just looking for a cure. Yeah, yeah, yes, exactly. Which it seems that he's seems that adding the buffer seemed to work, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. except for the memory issues. Yeah, yeah, possibly, or we'll see. Yeah, but uh, I mean, there's a there's a trank gun involved. Um, in this chaos killer stuff, um, trank guns probably are uh, something you'd discover through being knowledgeable about tranquilizers or whatever, and that's medical of some sort. So I'm, I'm just assuming that you know the tra- the trail is going to lead back to Robbie, um, especially if he co- he's totally going to cover up for Major. Anyway, let's, I'm getting ahead of myself. Robbie cracks Major's safe. By going through all the different, like, peewee football number, high school football number, lives, anniversary. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, just to have the patience to do that is incredible. Mm. But he finally gets it. He gets out the spray paint, the notebook, the trank gun, and the ski mask. I mean, that ski mask alone is just kind of scary. You know, who am mm-hmm. I living with? And uh, that's, so he confronts Major and... Yeah, he's gone through this notebook, and the notebook is creepy as hell. Uh, it's uh, just a notebook of majors stalking people, uh, watching them, and getting their, you know, the perfect time to take them. You know, so he and he sees the names like Tim Addis, Colin Andrews, and so Ravi says, "I have a right to know if my friend is killing people." Mm-hmm. And uh, and when Major says he's not killing people, Robbie immediately jumps on and he's like, "Oh, they're not people; they're zombies." Okay, well, what about your what about Liv? You 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 take you'd kill her too or whatever. And he says, "You stalk them, you hunt them, and you drug them." And uh, that's when Major turns around and he says, "Stop!" And he's he's clenched up, and all of a sudden, boom! Full on zombie Major, mm-hmm. <laughs> and like like. I don't know about you, but I'm watching that and I'm like, oh my God. And and then all of a sudden you see his face kind of like go, oh, oh. And then he just, just drops and behind him is Ravi with the trank gun. I, it was just like a double, like mm-hmm. wham, wham. Love that ending. Yeah. What, it, what is Ravi going to do with with Major? Oh my gosh. I'm assuming he's just going to tie him up because I'm sure he doesn't know to 
freeze him, right? I mean, he doesn't. Why would he no. throw him in a freezer? Because he, yeah, because he didn't give Major the opportunity to explain what's been going on. Right. Yes, that's true. Major was trying, but I mean, it's just yeah. Once he once he had heard Major spill, it would all make sense, but. Right now, Ravi is so confused and convinced that Major is killing people. Yeah, I mean, once he does hear his spiel, it's still kind of screwed up. But he is doing it to protect Liv. Yeah, it is kind of creepy. He's doing it to protect Liv, and that's Mm -hmm. the only... (sighs) So, um, yeah. Um, He's kind of... uh, Ravi is, at this point, how we were at the beginning of the season when we didn't know that Major was freezing people. (laughs) We're like, he's killing them! Doesn't he understand these are people? This is a guy, He's a with, monster. guy with kids. Like, what the heck? <laughs> All right. Well, did you have anything else to say about this episode? That was an amazing, amazing time. Anything else? Uh, Johnny Johnny fired his ex-wife's PI because he was amazing. He had no scruples. Like he would break into his doctor's office, and he discovered that that Johnny Frost was the one that gave her. <laughs> yes. Oh, that was great. Oh, yeah. When they said that P.I. thing, I was waiting for him to say, like, it was a girl or something. But, it, you know, Veronica Mars. <laughs> but, no. Yes. I think this episode just had it, had it all. The emotional, the action, the... Uh, just funny. The funny and the awkward. Funny. Yes. All right. Um, it's great. We should probably get into feedback. Uh, I'll start in the okay. Facebook group. I don't know if you want to open up email. But... Um, all right, so our first one in Facebook is from Wendy. She says, holy fudge balls, trying to watch my mouth. That's okay, Wendy. We've said uh-huh. shit on a screw several times. And I just said it. <laughs> <laughs> Ravi and Major live putting it together about Drake, Minor, Peyton. I believe I'm incoherent and need to rewatch without my teenager asking constant questions. Dang it, kid. Will you just sit down and watch the show with me? <laughs> uh, ETA, we got... Uh, teased with Gilda, and that sucked. And Major! <laughs> Thanks, Wendy. Um, do you watch with... You don't watch with Morgan, right? Morgan doesn't watch this show. Oh, Lord. Morgan is a millennial. She doesn't watch TV. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Allie says, I literally just screamed, oh my god, at the end of the episode. More feedback to come. My brain's got to settle. Yeah, she sent it in an email. Uh, Michael says, I want the next episode to come right now, but I don't want the season to end. My poor, fragile psyche can't take it. Um, Frank says this was a great episode Liv and Peyton always worked so well together it was so funny seeing Peyton not understand how Liv's visions work and Liv grunts every time Peyton would ask what Liv is seeing <laughs> Yeah, uh, <laughs> I saw the writers room tweet out that she was uh, inspired by Marge Simpson in her little like <laughs> <laughs> the scene at the end where Robbie finds out about Major was really great, and the scene with Gilda being kidnapped makes made me want to cry. She's going to get killed off. Definitely one of the best episodes of what has already been a really good season. Oh, I think I think what he says, I hope she's going to get killed off. He's saying, I hope she's not going to get killed off because I know Frank likes Gilda. So, um, and I think that's it. We did have uh, Nikki. Uh, post in, in the group. I've never appreciated Rob Thomas's talent for folding together what seems like countless plot points. This is becoming rather nerve wracking. <laughs> so yeah, but that's the way the season was last last season. Yeah. You uh, towards the end, it was like, oh my gosh, how are these things going to all come together? And when it does, it's very satisfying. Mm-hmm. So I have confidence that it will be 
It seems like double finale. that though for season three, season two. But I'm so I'm mm-hmm. assuming season three mm-hmm. is gonna be triple it. <laughs> <laughs> and Mel- Melanie's gonna take a picture of Liv to the be- to her beautician to get her haircut. That was <laughs> well. We look forward to seeing that. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, cool. Um, so we have some emails. Uh, do you want to read one? Hi guys, this is Tia, aka aka T C Stark. Just wanted to give you my feedback on this week's episode. Liv's brain was hilarious, mm-hmm. but I don't have to. Uh, but but I have to admit, I found her a little aggressive at times, especially towards a clearly distressed Blaine, <laughs> which was heartbreaking to see. Oh, she she loves Blaine. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, you know that was the brain. Dave, that was the brain. It was a stripper brain. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, David David Andrews did a wonderful job making his amnesia seem like early signs of Alzheimer's, which for anyone who has seen someone go through it is not a pretty sight. Of course, we had the downfall of the Rager ship. A, and poor Cinnamon, Cinnamon Ravi coming face to face of the betrayal of finding out the truth about Major. Also, Major is now a zombie. I knew it. <laughs> Cinnamon Ravi. <laughs> I don't know what that what that he means by that. But I thought Rager was actually pronounced Roger. I've heard it. I've heard it both ways. But I like Roger because it's a guy's name. Okay, so Tia ends, ends her email with, anyways, I know this was long-awaited. Uh, thanks, guys. Much love. <laughs> thanks, Tia. Thanks, Tia. Tia's, ten, Tia sends us a lot of love on, on Twitter, and I uh, really appreciate that, Tia. Um, okay, let's get into Allie's email. I'll read it. Uh, Allie's got a lot to say, so I'll try to read it quick. Wow, wow, wow. Everyone's finding out truths. Okay, so I'm going to work backwards. Major goes into full-on zombie mode. Was he already a zombie? Is this when he became a zombie? He, um, like like I said, I noticed when the uh, milk was bad, Allie. So if you notice that, that's probably when he started turning. Um, he sounds like he knew he would go into full-on zombie mode. So how long has he been this way? I think he just felt it coming, Allie. I, I, that's the way I took it. Do you think the same way, Steph? He just kind of felt it coming on? He's just getting madder yeah. and madder? Well, he as he came in, he said that he hadn't ate anything that day. That's that he true. was uh, getting cranky. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's true. Maybe he'd already turned. Yeah, he probably already turned, and he was getting cranky because he was hungry for brains. That's it. Mm. What happened to the drinking supermax and doing parkour plotline? I'm assuming that's still continuing. Um, we'll see. Anyways, now that Ravi knows the truth, he can help Major. I mean, as soon as he's conscious and can tell Ravi about the freezers, Ravi is exactly what Major needs in this ridiculous predicament he's found himself in. Going it alone's gotta be, gotta be hard. <laughs> I agree. Liv finds out Drake was an undercover cop. Now she's going to be determined to find him. And then she'll find out Major took him. And then she'll find out Major's secret. And then she'll find out Ravi knows about it. And then Dale and Clyde will find out what Ravi finds out. And then they'll find out about zombies. Will they find out Liv's a zombie? Will anyone find out about Drake? (laughs) (laughs) Allie's calling the rest of the season right here. This is great. Spoilers, Allie. Uh, That he's an undercover cop or that, you know, he's even a person in Liv's life. My boyfriend has given I, Zombie, an alternate title. Quote, characters you have a lot of feelings about gaslight each other. Unquote. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, all right. Uh, I like how the stripper case worked out. I wasn't sure if it was, would be connected to Mr. Boss or it would be an outer left field thing with the other people in Cassidy's life. They found a way to link it all together. Even Johnny Frost. I'm impressed. I knew the writers <laughs> would find some new thing to do with Cure 2.0 to throw us a curveball. 
and it's blamed for getting everything and being kind of nice. And I honestly don't know how to feel about that because it almost seems like they're giving, like them giving into the audience. There are all these people who want to root for Blaine, even though he has been an irredeemably awful, irredeemably awful person. There are fans who want to see where this chemistry with Liv might go, and I'm sure there are some who want to see that with Peyton. But he's killed homeless teenagers. There's no coming back from that unless you literally wipe the slate clean. I agree. Yes. Well, <clears throat> no, but David Anders is just like Ian Summerhalder. Yeah. The the. People just love him. Yes. No matter if Blaine kills teenagers or Blaine's a good guy, <clears throat> people, he's yeah. just a charming person. We were people thinking, love him. We were thinking about this towards the end of the season one. We're like, can you imagine this show without David Anders, without Blaine? I, I, I just can't. He's, it, it would be something missing. They, if they took Blaine out of the equation, they'd have to fill it in with some other, you know, some other actor. And I don't know. Or some other character they have to build from scratch. I just don't see how they can do that. Um, so I think they are caught in a kind of a predicament where they're um, where they want to keep David Anders on the show, but they also, you know, they don't want to. They want to keep it fresh. They want to keep. They want a reason for him to be on the show. So uh, this is this is an interesting thing, and I, I, I don't know. I'm I'm sure he'll get his memory back. That'll be another plot twist, and uh, you know, whatever. I like seeing him being more evil than being a nice guy, though. So hopefully that happens. <laughs> Any- yeah, I'm sure this is just temporary. Anyway, let me get to the most important part of this email. It starts with, Robin, you were right. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just end the email there, though. Uh, is Robin, you were right. Rita had the red version of Bride of Frankenstein hair. Almost. She just had to tease it up. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. They had the, the, the little stripe uh, there, but I don't think it was, wasn't up like Marge Simpson or anything. Um, but it was up. So what the hell with it? I'll take it. I was right. So she says, that was a satisfying reveal at the beginning of the episode. Yes, no doubt about it. Rita is a zombie. But then she's gone for the rest of the episode. What I thought might happen when I saw last week's episode was that her dad would end up using her as a test subject for his company. Now, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I have so many thoughts about all the many plot threads that I have going. But this is super long as it is. Sorry. You guys should just have me on the show sometime. I'll invite myself. No big deal. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, yeah, maybe maybe sometime, Allie. Yeah, sure. Um, I love what you guys are doing. Keep it up. I'm going to leave you a five-star review on iTunes right now. Sorry it's taking so long. I download on Domcast, so I keep forgetting. Uh, your loyal listener, Allie. Yes, I have Domcast as well, Allie. So that is, you don't automatically have a way to review things. You have to open up the iTunes and do it. So, But uh, thank you, Allie. Yeah, when I hear, when... No, please, go ahead. I was just saying. I was just saying, yeah, when... Uh... You know, I'll hear on podcasts, I'll, I'll, I'll want to review this podcast. And then, uh, but it's always when I'm driving mm-hmm. and I'm listening, I'm not able to go to iTunes and <laughs> leave a review. Do you want to read Jen's? Jen, when? Hey, Robin and Steph, just a quick little note that I hope makes it in time for the podcast this week since my original email somehow got lost in the ether in draft form. <laughs> <laughs> First, where did Rita go? Do we think Vonda Clark? is mean enough that he would let her turn into a Romero zombie? Or do you think that he's going to set her up in a hideaway and supply her with brains? Um, I think, I think Vaughn is cruel enough that he will let her go Romero. And I hope that he, she will be in the secret basement. He's going to be like, this is my perfect test subject. This is my daughter. This, she's got my genes mm-hmm. in her. She's, 
she's part perfection because she's part Von de Clark. So he's going to like, I don't know if he's going to let her go full Romero, but he's probably going to get her super hungry and then just shoot that supermax there. And it's going to be an awesome fight between Liv and Gilda, the finale. Called it. Ooh, ooh, yes. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> and then Major versus Von de Clark. Uh, Called it. Okay. All right. Uh, Robbie was badass in this episode. He had mad detective skills and quick thinking, uh, tranquilizing skills when Major was going full on zombie mode. Mm-hmm. It was a great emotional journey for Ravi, putting all the pieces together and figuring out that Major is the chaos killer. I'm not too worried for the for the Razor bromance. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that when Major comes uh, to, he will get the chance to explain that he merely froze all of his victims and Rager will join forces to uh, fight the good fight against Vaughn's desire to rid Seattle of its zombie population. Blaine, not sure what's going on there, but I had a random thought. What if Blaine, still uh, digesting his do-gooder brain from last week, gave Major Drake's name to save him? Not sure where I came up with that, but maybe I want to believe that there's some good in Blaine's cool uh, calculating heart. Interesting to see what comes of his befuddled state. He had his hand in a lot of stories, so I'm sure there will be some follow-up from his descent into seeming madness. Yeah, I think Blaine gave Major uh, Drake's name just so Drake, Major would take Drake down. Not any other reason but that. <laughs> Elsewhere, Liv found out that Drake is a cop, so that she sh- that should boost her desire to help the vice cop try to find him. I'm hoping that once Major comes clean to Ravi, that l- looping Liv in won't be far behind and Drake will rise again. Finally, way to go, Robin, with the interviews. They were both uh, great, and we, the listeners, are so thankful for all the work that you guys uh, put into producing this great podcast. As always, looking forward to hearing your thoughts, and I hope you both have a great week, Jen. Yeah, thanks, Robin, for doing that. Oh, no problem. I wish that I had been available. Yeah, if you weren't in D.C., you'd be there, too, like you were with uh, Robert Buckley. Yeah. Things, things happen. Um, you had to just have a vacation for some reason. Well, you know, stupid kids. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I want to quickly go through the awesome reviews. Yeah, we did ask for iTunes reviews. And we thank you, and we hope you guys keep them coming. Uh, we did get some awesome ones in, though, in the, in the past uh, week or so. So I wanted to read, read through them really quick. Okay, ready? Uh, our first one is from... <laughs> Frank, and he says, uh, five stars, a great podcast for all the brainies out there. He says, Robin and Seth are awesome. They're funny. They're great at reviewing the show. Whenever Peyton's name comes up, Robin gives me a shout out. <laughs> they Because <laughs> I know how much you love her. Um, they fulfill all this brainy uh, Peyton Knight's podcast needs. And if you subscribe, they'll do the same for you. Oh, now Frank's loading out our services. We're going to be shouting out at everybody every week. <laughs> we'll try. Uh, Lou says, best iZombie podcast, four stars. Thank you, Lou. Um, the next one is a five star. It says, great podcast, fun and insightful. This is from Wacky85 in Argentina. Um, Ooh, yeah. we have Argentina. Oh, that's great. Uh, he or she says, I'm sorry, um, uh, recently found this podcast. Excellent listen for iZombie fans. Great interviews with the cast and creators. A must listen for extra enjoyment of the series. Thank you, Wacky85. And uh, greetings greetings to uh, Argentina. 
Um, Raquel Michelle writes in, uh, five stars required weekly listening. This podcast is great and I look forward to it every week. Robin and Steph are especially great in catching callbacks earlier episodes that I may miss and just generally are extremely thorough while being entertaining. If you love iZombie, I highly recommend giving this a listen. As a special bonus, Robin and Steph have some great interviews with cast, creators, producers of iZombie. Rob Thomas, people! (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Uh, a, a geek mommy writes in five stars. Great podcast. Love Robin and Stephanie. And really am enjoying this podcast. It's a fun way to recap and stay engaged in the zombie culture. Thank you. Uh, geek mommy. And finally, uh, our good friend, Allie, uh, did review us five stars. Cutest co-hosts ever. I've been listening <laughs> to Robin and Steph for years and they feel like friends, friends who have the same taste in television that I do, so I might not have started watching iZombie, or at least not as soon, if it weren't for them starting the iZombie podcast. It's great to get to delve more into the show every week, and now they've had so many guests from the show. It's very exciting, and I feel quite proud of this little podcast for going so far. I mean, early in season one, they had Raul Coley on, and the big-name guests just keep getting better and better. I'll definitely keep tuning in to see who they have on next, but I'm just excited to hear what Robin and Seth's thoughts are on new plot developments. Uh, iZombie has a lot of plot developments. Thank you, Ellie. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. That's very nice. Super awesome. And, you know, um, I don't just read those just for the, the pad on the back or anything. We don't really, I mean, I, okay, I love the attention, but Steph doesn't need it. <laughs> Uh, 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 But not only is it great acknowledgement that you guys are out there and you're listening, but also, you know, the more reviews we get, the more, the higher we'll get up in those, those charts, more people will discover us and all this, all these like interviews and, you know, special things that we keep doing uh, for the podcast, uh, you know, more people will hear them. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. (sighs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, let's get into next time. We're just going to be kind of our spoiler section. So, um, again, we're going to do the next time and then we're going to talk about the Collider article a little bit more. Um, next time on iZombie, Reflections of the Way Live Used to Be. Uh, the description is, Little Miss Type A, Liv and Detective Babino are investigating the murder of Bailey Barker. A type A, ambitious, hyper-competitive, and driven student near the top of her class. After consuming Bailey's brain, we see Liv become very much like the girl she was before becoming a zombie. Um, Can I just pause the description, Steph, and say, called it? Called it? Okay, remember remember we were talking to Diane during the commentary? Okay. And, uh, (laughs) were we asking Siri about this? Yes. Yes. Siri, do you remember uh, when sorry. we were talking to Diane? <laughs> okay, and and she's and and I said I said you know what I'd love I'd love a reason for Liv to get back into the hospital again. And Diane was yeah. something about being in, we we should start pitching ideas to the writers or whatever. Um, <laughs> that's probably because she was cracking up because it seems like that's what's going to happen during this episode. Uh, so yeah, uh, I I think I called that uh, inadvertently. Um, we're just, we've been talking about this show for so long that we're now like on the same, we've pretty much eaten the writer's brains. Wavelength. Yeah, we've eaten their brains. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, things seem to be going from bad to worse for Major, and Blaine reaches out to Ravi for help. Uh, Michael Fields directs, Bob Dearden writes. All right, awesome. So that's what's happening. 
Okay, so we also had our extra spoilery segment. This is uh, stuff that we got uh, uh, from the Collider article. Uh, again, uh, Collider did an article about the WonderCon and uh, 17 things to know about the crazy, shocking end of season two. So, again, uh, you might have been on board for the description, but maybe you don't want to know about stuff that's happening in the next uh, couple episodes. Nothing's too terribly specific, but some people will get kind of sensitive about this stuff, so... Uh, here we go. Fun facts for you, Steph. You haven't read any of this, so I'm glad to tell you. No, and I don't know if I want to know. Do I want to know? This is not like, like I said, it's not like, oh my gosh, this is exact okay. detailed stuff, or who's going to die, or anything like that. It's just uh, teases that they'd give during regular okay. interviews. Okay, so right. the last two episodes, which move away from the procedural element of the show, are going to be airing back-to-back. Uh, 218 has less action than 219 um, and 219 mm. the action starts at the end of Act 2 and goes all the way through to the end of the episode so so no brain of the week there probably will be brain but they probably won't have to solve a case or whatever I don't know okay uh, next one, Ravi's life is about to get dangerous. The last episodes are less about rats and tainted utopium and more about emotions and relationships. Or emotions and relationships mm-hmm. sound very dangerous, but, uh, <laughs> maybe they're talking about... Well, we can see. The relationship with Major... Yeah, uh, we can see. Yeah. Yeah. We can see where that's going. Uh, Blaine, the cure has affected him psychologically and mentally as a person. Uh, for David Anders, he says it's like playing a new guy. Um, mm. Next, the triangle relationship between Peyton, Blaine, and Robbie will come to a head, but you'll still be left hanging on who she chooses. Uh, I guess that's kind of spoilery, huh? I'm glad we told people to tune off. You're stuck, though. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Peyton brings out a good version of Blaine while Ravi is her best friend, so it's hard to know who to root for. Personally, Ali Machaka is rooting for Peyton and Robbie. Oh, uh, that's sweet. Rob Thomas says about the season finale, last year we felt like we had done a big season finale, and I feel like this one dwarfs it. I don't think of a show a show of our budget has the potential to go any bigger. We saved all year so that we could blow it out on this final episode, and we really do. It's as close to a traditional zombie movie as we will or have ever done. <laughs> oh, that's exciting. Yeah. I like that. Uh, I did get a little... Uh, there was an article from Dread Central I... Uh, kept a little piece of that in here as well. Uh, I will put the link in our show notes. And it said, uh, for the last two episodes of the season, they're, they're going with a serial format. There is going to be no case of the week. We're just going to be focusing on the characters and main story. This was born out of necessity. This is Rob Thomas talking. This was born out of necessity, so don't take this as us abandoning, abandoning the procedural format. Basically, I was naive and expected us to get a 22-episode season. To my surprise, instead of getting a nine-episode back end coming out of our hiatus, we got a six. So instead of being smart and trimming it down to fit that, I just shoved it all in the last two episodes. (laughs) It's really an explosive (laughs) finale, so I think it'll work out. I like the procedural format. So we're going back to that when season three starts. Nothing concrete, but I have some idea where we might go with that. So that's Mm. back to this Collider article. Uh, Season finale took 10 days to shoot. They shot for 14-hour days. And he says there's a conclusion to every unresolved storyline that they've had. One player on the show is not going to make it. Someone in the mix is going down. I hope it's not Donnie. Really? <laughs> You're rooting for Donnie out of I don't know. Idea. Yeah, I don't know. I just have this feeling that Donnie, There's no- that that would be like an ironic statement saying, you know, just let them try to kill me now. Donnie gets killed. I just, 
And he gets killed. That's what I'm afraid of. <laughs> I can't wait to see Donnie with his white little head. Because he's not going to have the hair. <laughs> um, yeah, there's no way they're going to take out Liv, Clive, Major, Blaine. You think they'll take out Peyton? Peyton. No, 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 no. I think it'll be like Donnie. <laughs> yeah, they say someone in the mix. So that could be anybody. It could be Chief. <laughs> Chief's in the mix. Yeah. And I'm tired of you getting all of the predictions right. I want to get something right. <laughs> okay. What do you predict? Predict that Donnie's going to live. And it's Donnie. It's it's Don, you think he's going to live? I don't know. You think he's going to live or I think he's going to live? I don't I don't even know. You think he's going to live? No, you just said you hope it's not Dighty. So you're saying you hope, but it's probably going to be Donnie? <laughs> I think Donnie is going to die, but I hope that doesn't happen. Okay. Right. I predict it's going to be Donnie. All right. Okay. <laughs> Continuing. Rose McIver says this finale is different than anything we've ever done on the show. Interesting. A uh, couple more things. Season three is set up in the finale of season two, and you will see the mission statement for the next season by the end of the episode. If they hadn't already had the season three pickup, they would have cut off the last scene and wrapped everything up in a neat, bolt, neat bow, just in case the show didn't come back. And, oh, okay. Yeah. And by the end of the season, they're leaving Liv primed for a comeback in season three. Liv will be presented with a paradigm shift. And viewers will want to come back next season to see what's next for her. There will be a very different pull on Liv for season three. Rather than a bad guy that's intent on just taking out zombies. So. Okay, so so Vaughn is going to (laughs) die. Vaughn is going to die. I, I guess I mean I'm just like I'm thinking about like what's gonna be what's gonna be different that's gonna be different for Liv. I don't know anything could happen. I don't know, man. I, I just can't wait till next week's episode. In fact, I'm just so jazzed about this season. I just want to binge through the last three. Well, you just have to wait. Besides, it's better to watch one a week so we can cover each one. But I want to watch them now. I just can't wait any longer to see how it all ends. Hey, at least we have a double episode finale. Not good enough. Do you hear me? I want them now. 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 God get Ow. What did you just inject me with? Did you did you just zap me with a train gun? No, I gave you the cure. You were going full on zombie. The cure? The cure to what? Wait, what's going on? Who are you again? <laughs> okay, everyone. We'll be back next week to talk about a brand new episode of I Zombie. What? What's an iZombie? Is that like an Apple device? Where am I? (laughs) Bye. Bye? The iZombie podcast with Robin and Steph is created under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 3.0 Unported International License. That means you can share it all you like as long as you link back to us. But please do not change it or sell it or trade it for brains unless you're going to give us some. Our podcast logo is designed by D. Sheehan. You can find her work at behance.net slash Deanna Sheehan. Thank you for listening to our show. Obligatory contact information in three, two, one, go. You can follow me on Twitter at Steph Smith. You can follow me as well at L. Robinero. If you like what we do, check out our other podcast about the Joss Whedon show, Angel Redemption Cast. Find us at redemptioncast.blogspot.com. I also have a third podcast all about the Marvel Netflix television series. 
The Defenders Podcast. Find that at DefendersPod.com. Like us on our Facebook page, Facebook.com slash iZombiePodcast. Join our Facebook discussion group, Facebook.com slash groups slash iZombiePodcast. You can find those links and more on our home on the web, iZombiePodcast.com. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Use those delicious cerebellums and make sure you leave it on the correct feed. We are the iZombie Podcast with Robin and Steph. And we're out. Brand Appetit!